most intimidating fast bowlers Australia has ever produced. And an up-and-coming cricket journo, not afraid to take the strike. Oh, how about it? It's the fast and the curious. Mitchell Johnson and Bonnie Rayner. Your home for all forms of summer's game. As we sit right at the halfway mark of the Test Series against India and also bang on at the halfway point of the Big Bash League season. Plenty to talk about. As always, we're brought to you by Tab Touch. Make the most of summer. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. I'm Bonnie Rayner. Mitchell Johnson alongside of me. Welcome back, Mitch. Hey, Bonnie. Happy New Year and yes, everyone out there. Likewise. Now, normally we're talking about the New Year's test. It's funny being on the 6th of January and still being one day out from that test match. We've obviously had a, a bit more of a break this year. But before we can even get to that and team news, we're so used to this match being played at the SCG. But it's a weird one, isn't it, that this one's going ahead at the SCG? Yeah, there's a lot of strange things going on. And uh, I think, yeah, I've had that expectation of being already in a test match now, you, you, watching it on TV. Normally it's back day in the four. New Year. Yeah, <laughs> well, they haven't been really going that long anyway. So. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's a bit odd. And, and with everything going on, with the COVID cases popping up, and uh, I recently wrote an article about that, uh, that I didn't think they should be playing at the SCG uh, for this test match if it was such a serious uh, case going on with the pandemic. But uh, if they've got all the people around um, and they've got all the advice uh, that they can do it, then I guess go ahead. But, um, yeah, for me personally, for me personally, I wouldn't be playing it there. Um, I guess you can play it there, but just with no crowd maybe. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because this time last week we were really celebrating and lauding Cricket Australia um, for how they had it all approved by the government's and 11th hour bid to stay in Sydney. Now the crowd capacity has been reduced to 25% and there's been a positive case attend day two of the Boxing Day test. From what I've yep. read today, I understand that it's highly unlikely that that case is uh, was contagious when they were at the test and they've narrowed it down to the stand and but it's it's not necessarily about um, the how contagious it is is it it's more about the fact should we be having a crowd of 10,000 people per day when these clusters are still maybe not quite under control well yeah oh, like I said personally I don't think so oh, I think yeah you could still play the test match there just play it with no crowd but I mean that destroys the the whole atmosphere um, Atmosphere, um, the the Jane McGrath day as well, the pink test. Um, that that's obviously something very significant and very close to a lot of lot of players. Yeah. Um, and you know, having that there, I think is is such a iconic. It's become such an iconic test match now, uh, even more so. Mm. So um, yeah, it's such a tough one. I still think there's probably ways that you can um, get that awareness, raise that awareness. Everyone knows, but. Yeah, it's, it, it really is difficult. I, I don't know if it's a good thing to be – if there's so many clusters around and, and there's so much talk, it, it really has taken off again by the sounds of it. Um, but you can, I guess you can only go by the advice that they're being given and you just hope it's not one rule um, for, for different, you know, sporting events um, or different events going on. You know, you hear about weddings of, of 600 people um, recently and, and they've been fined and – 
but yeah, you're allowed ten thousand people at the cricket. So um, <laughs> yeah, there's so many different rules going on. I just hope it's all 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 good and everything goes well. And yeah, look, we're we're pretty close to playing this test match, and and you want to see good cricket. Um, it's it's good for the mental health um, side of things as well, but also yeah, it, we don't want it to be out of control as well. Yeah, I, th- I think they've obviously put in a lot of effort to keep it at the SCG, as you said, for Jane McGrath Day. They haven't not yep. played a test at the SCG in the in an Australian home summer since the summer of 1971-72, so there's probably a big element of tradition and pride there as well. So certainly a lot to consider as well as all of the different stakeholders and stuff, but it is a shame that we're talking about that, isn't it? Because I'd love to jump into talking about what we should be talking about and what we're qualified yeah. to talk about is the actual um, news around the game. So it, while it's great they've been able to stage it in Sydney and we're very close to it going ahead, it has taken away a little bit from the on-field stuff and there is so much to chat about, a lot of commentary around selection. Does Travis Head hold his spot? Does Matthew Wade go back down the order? If you were to put yourself in Justin Langer's shoes, do you think it would be the right call to debut Will Pukowski this test match? Um, for me, no. Oh, I don't think so. Um, he's had a little bit of time off now and, Look, yeah, he has been in form, but he hasn't been playing any cricket. Uh, maybe he's been doing a couple of net sessions here and there, but he's not a, a senior player. He doesn't know his game that well yet. Uh, it's not like a, a David Warner where Dave knows his game. Um, he can have those net sessions. He doesn't really need that time out in the middle as much as what a Will does um, with without the experience that – I mean, yes, he's a great player by the looks of it, um, but he hasn't been tested at the elite level the top level so um yeah for me i'd say no i i I actually just want to take go back just a little bit with that whole the whole series so far with with burns and and wade at the top i look at what burns did the other night and i know this is a slightly off topic but (laughs) burns burns played a lot better and it it was because of his intent it was that was what it was um yes it's a t20 game but his intent was to hit the ball when it was there, uh, and he, he just looked a lot sharper. Yeah. Um, in the test matches, he looked very slow, very sluggish. Very timid. Very timid, yeah. But my thing is, I feel that that opening partnership wasn't really gelling with him and Wade, and Wade's job was to be like a warner and be aggressive. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he was as aggressive as he normally is because that's his first time at that position as an opener and he was probably a little bit nervous as well, probably thinking, okay, well, I've got a bat like an opening batsman here. That's why I feel that Joe Burns and Dave Warner actually played really well together because Burns was a little bit more, he'd get himself in and then he'd he'd start to play his shots, but Warner would be the aggressor and take it on a bit more. So that's how they worked better. Sorry to interrupt you. Do you think Wade almost had that in the back of his mind? We said last week that Joe Burns sadly was a walking wicket before he was dropped. Do you think Wade had that in the back of his mind that his role was to go out and play the aggressive shots, but he also had to have an element of caution there, given that you can't have your side being two for twenty in, in you know inside of ten overs? Yeah, who who knows? Really, you'd have to ask, I guess. But from what we've seen, I, I, I feel like he just didn't play. Um, the aggressor role. And then when he tried to, it was probably at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely looked more comfortable, I guess. Um, but I still feel that it wasn't 
uh, the aggressive way that you generally see. But look, um, in the end, it, that's all been done and that's all done and dusted now. Um, that's all hearsay, I guess. But uh, I think from from this point on, you, you have to look at the team and the balance. And if Warner's coming back in, um, that's going to be a bonus, a big thing for for the Australian team. That aggressive guy at the top that India just can't bowl good balls all the time. He'll change where he bats um, and in the conditions and he'll look to score runs, um, hit boundaries, but he'll also look to get off strike and get those singles. Mm. Um, it's just the intent. That's the difference. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with, with the, the, the middle order. I feel maybe Wade will drop down and take Head's position. Um, oh, oh, I just feel Head, and we were only speaking about this not long ago, that I still feel that he's a he's he's got that captain material, um, but he needs to he needs to score runs, and he's he's looked very timid as well, very out of sort. Um, maybe he's not up to the, maybe he's just not up to it. I don't know um, to that level. Um, who knows? It's 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 a tricky one. Um, what's going on in his head? Is he being told something different um, by Justin Langer? Uh, it's one of those things where I feel. You just got to go out there and play your game, and 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 look to have really good intent to score, uh, and get off strike, and and move the ball around. And I remember playing Travis in a in a Shield game a few years ago now, and he looked so good in in that in that game. I think he scored a hundred, uh, and Nathan Coulter was bowling pretty quick and hit him on the arm, and and um, you know it, it hurt him pretty bad, but. Yeah, I just the way he batted there. Did he keep playing? To what, now, he kept playing, yeah, and he scored he the did. 100. And, yep. So oh, you see the guys when they're playing at that level and you want them to do that when they go to the next level. That's why they're being picked. So if he plays at his very best, he's, he's good enough. But just at the moment, he's, 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 I feel like he's thinking about it maybe too much, a bit like Joe Burns. Mm. Um so yeah, he's had opportunities. He's been in, um, and he's, he's got had a few opportunities. Forties, he just hasn't really been able to go on with it yet. Yeah. Do you think that'll be interesting? Oh, I don't want to. It's it'd be such a hard job being the selectors. Yeah. I, I, it, because you've got so much. There is so much talent there, but it's it's not just talent. It's it's the mental side as well, and where guys are at. So um, we've seen over time that there's guys that have been able to play shield cricket and dom- shield cricket and dominate, and then get to the highest level, and it's just the mental game really that you need to hone and uh, some guys just don't have it and some well, the ones that make it do. Mm, it's a big step up, isn't it? We had Justin Langer on uh, last week when we gave you a very well-deserved break over Christmas and he was saying that that's the hardest part of his job. He said, well, what I've learned is that with selection – somebody is always going to think you've made the wrong decision or, you know, more than somebody. Many people are always going to have something to say and he just said you have to take that in your stride because it's a very difficult job and you have to have a lot of tough conversations. Um, So it'll definitely be interesting to see what they say. Just quickly before we move on to the bowlers, one more on the batsmen. What we've been saying in the first two tests of this series is sort of that the Australian batsmen have admitted that they have let India's bowlers, in particular um, Ravi Ashwin, dictate their batting. And Steve Smith in particular has said that's not – he has never let a bowler do that before, never let a bowler dictate the way he goes about his game. And, of course, it's resulted in his undoing quite a few times for single-figure scores, which Mm. we're not quite used to seeing. Do you think that is 
um, as well as runs and experience that David Warner will bring back to this side is I can't picture David Warner letting anybody dictate the way he plays his game. Yeah, well, that's just a little bit of uncertainty, I think, as well, like by the team. The batters just not being 100% fully committed maybe um, to when they're out there just to play the ball on its merits. I think I feel like they're maybe just thinking about it a little bit too much and, and that's where it becomes um, where the Indian bowlers have dictated. They are a great attack, um, but they've had a lot of – they've ch- chopped and changed a lot. Um, Ravi Ashwin, like I said, he, he's not always been a great performer here. No. I think if you can – Take it to him a little bit more, then it, it he he melts melts the butter. He, he melts like butter. He he really does. Um, <laughs> and he hasn't had we, good we, series here in the past, as you've said. Like this has sort of been his breakout one on Australian yeah, soil. So it would yep, be Australia's definitely. chance to put the pressure back on him. Yeah, and and when you let a guy like that dictate, uh, you see what happens. And it happens. That's what happens when when you're over in India. He dictates the game and. He is a very clever bowler, but I think, um, yeah, the Australian batsmen have just let it let it sort of happen. So, um, yeah, I probably need to be looking for you know more more sort of singles, uh, getting off strike, rotating strike, but also looking for a bad ball, like uh, just dominance. having that in their mind as well, a bit more dominance. Yeah, they absolutely. just haven't seen it. Yeah, so that's a very interesting unbattle to fold. Uh, sorry, a very interesting battle to unfold between the batsmen and India's bowlers. Turning to our bowling attack, we saw James Pattinson ruled out of this test match after injuring his ribs while on leave over the Christmas period at home. Obviously, he wasn't in the starting 11, but arguably he's yep. the very next cab off the rank if any of our quicks did go down. If you Say, for example, we go 2-1 up in the series and we look to rest, I don't know, a Pat Cummins or somebody if the test series against South Africa does go ahead in February and the, yep. the selectors have one eye on load management. Are you handing a debut to Michael Nisa or Sean Abbott in the rotation of one quick? Well, there's there's no load management for me when it comes to test match cricket. but um, I like it. Emphatic luck, response. Good, well, good luck trying to, uh, you know, say to one of the quicks, uh, we just want you to have a rest because there's another series coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, no thanks. I guess um, it's like resting from the ashes if you've got a series against it, the West Indies coming exactly. up or something. There's, the yeah. series against India is on a different pedestal. Yep. And there hasn't been that much cricket. There's been more breaks in between. So I think guys will be fine. The only reason they would do that is just to maybe uh, blood someone new uh, or give someone an opportunity. But I don't think you should be giving someone that opportunity just because you can, um, because you're up in the series or won the series. I, I, I don't believe in that, especially in test match cricket. Um, and for me, I actually looked at this SCG wicket and this is probably almost – it's going to sound pretty strange, but play two spinners – um, Swepson, there might be a chance for him to play, but I don't think they'll they'll go down that path. Mm. Um, and he again, was impressive you, in the white <laughs> ball series. Yeah, exactly. Don't you know? Hands off Cam Green. He can't get dropped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the way he way he's played so far, he's actually that's how the Australian batsmen should be looking. They should be looking at how he's been playing. He's been playing every ball on its merit, and. He's not looked flustered at all. Um, 
I, I think he's been been brilliant. I just he deserves he deserves a bigger score um, than what he's got so far. But uh, he's showing the way with how you bat against the attack. I, I, he could probably be a touch more aggressive um, with his with his play, but. He's still been the best or one of the best uh, batsmen in the team so far. So, yeah, um, yeah, you're not dropping him. No, <laughs> you're not. Cool. And I think uh, he's, he's well. as you say, he definitely could be more aggressive, but I think he's also shown quite a bit of maturity in assessing yeah. the match situation because when he has come in, it's often been five for 125 or something. So he hasn't actually been able to take the game on too much at risk of losing the wicket and the last recognised batsman. Yeah, and he's, he seems to be, read the game pretty well. So that's um, you know that's a, that's huge for a young young guy to be able to do that in his second test mm. uh, to to read the game like he has uh, and be under under enormous amounts of pressure uh, when he's come in every time. So yeah, it's, it, you sort of I guess you look at those situations and the way he's played and you think as batsman that's how you've got to play the game, but. Um, he must, yeah. must be doing something right if we're saying look at the 21-year-old and follow suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, we're less than 24 hours out from the third test. We can't really call it New Year's given we've had a bit of a break. And to preview all of the action, we're joined by one of Channel 7's most esteemed commentators. Welcome to the podcast, Alison Mitchell. Hi, Bonnie. Great to be with you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Now, you have had a really long summer back home covering all of the England uh, matches from a biosecure bubble. Now to jet off to Australia for this series. How are you finding life in the media bubble? Well, we're quite fortunate in a way that we're we're not in a bubble as such. Um, we are just needing to be COVID safe and secure like anybody else sort of moving about their workplace. So, Life is much freer, if you like, being a cricket journalist in Australia than it was when I was covering England during the English summer. And, of course, the Aussies came out for the one-day series then. And just to paint a bit of a picture for you about how that was done, and given, and I suppose Britain is in a quite a different place um, to Australia in terms of the number of COVID cases, but we as journalists then lived on the cricket ground with the players for that whole summer period. We were still kept separate from the players. So they were in an inner bubble. Um, we Well, they were in a player bubble. We were in an inner bubble. And there was a third outer bubble for written media who were coming in and out of the venue um, and staying elsewhere overnight. But we were very much locked into the venue. We were not allowed to leave the ground for the duration of, well, I'd say, a two, three, four match series. So we had our wow. accreditation. We were temperature checked every Every morning, simply leaving our hotel room to get out to breakfast, we were tagged. So we had a Bluetooth chip in our accreditation so that they <laughs> so could when tell you if a, we happened to stray yeah, into a player zone. When you have a microchipped um, dog or something. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, very, very much so. But, you know, it, it was all to make sure that I mean, we, we were tested before we entered the bubble to stay on the ground. We were tested every seven and ten days when we were even inside there working, even though we'd been there, you know, three or four weeks altogether. Mm. Um, masks on indoors everywhere, except when you're eating or commentating, wearing gloves to use the buffet or, you know, lunch or tea during the cricket, um, socially distanced interviewing, which is, you know, what we're doing here in Australia as well. So it was very, very tight. Um, so a bit of a different scenario here um, and very grateful and feeling very fortunate to be here and be able to work on, you know, what, what is a, a really well set up 
test series now between you know, two of the best teams in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Such fascinating insight from Insider. Although I know you say you're not part of a bubble, it's much more of an insight than what we can see from the outside. And it's, it must have been so hard for all of those months, so all-consuming, living on the ground and not being able to have any flexibility and leave. But I guess after watching England's one day as called off against South Africa because their bubble sort of got popped um, with COVID cases getting inside it and unfortunately those matches being called off. I guess that justifies in terms of getting England's summer complete um, for the finance and health of the game. Um, I guess that justifies all of that those strict measures, doesn't it? Well, uh, yeah, and even when I think now where we are in Australia, the uh, I mean, it's a different scenario with the, the vastness of the country, the fact that border, states can close their borders. It, it's sort of a different game that whilst in the UK, COVID infections outside of the bubble were, were going up um, and, and have been since, obviously. But in, in Australia, cases are relatively low when you compare. However, Australia has the chance to keep them low. And that's why we're obviously seeing you know, the stringent measures, the restrictions on travel. And it sort of makes the impact, though, much, much more harsh and sudden. You know, the sudden closures... Um, constantly looking and monitoring about the, the contact tracing and, and where have you been and um, and even the fact that a case has been thrown up as having been present at the MCG. So I think it's everybody looking and thinking, well, where did I move within the stadium? But there were zone sections at the MCG. So all these plans sort of have to be put in place. But you do, even this test tour, you feel as if any cricket tour at the moment around the world is a bit of a house of cards and at any moment it could come tumbling down and there can be a bit of a chain reaction so it's slightly nervous kind of times you know when when it's your livelihood and and we're all working on this together and you know cricket needs the players it needs the umpires um, it needs the television cameras it needs the written media it needs the commentators it needs the stadium staff so that you know there's so so many people involved in in staging a cricket match that's before even spectators come to fill a stadium so we've seen in Sydney obviously there's got to be far fewer spectators and, and you know you, you hope and pray that it can be done in a in a safe and secure way and perhaps people won't move so much from their seats and mill around you know as they would do normally across the you know the long time of a of a test match day um, it's yeah it's, it's very different times certainly to be involved in cricket at the moment than in the previous years. Isn't it crazy? Normally, if I said we were less than 24 hours away from the first ball, all we would be discussing is team selection, changes, series level, mm-hmm. and instead we we almost can't even get past that to discuss will, will Pukowski make his debut, David Warner playing through pain, and India's changes as well because there are so many logistics, stakeholders, um, broadcasters, everything to consider. I guess that's this COVID world that we live in now. Um, but with the crowd capacity being reduced, to 25% at the SCG. Is there a feel among the group of unease around the test match going ahead there or do you think it should have stayed at the MCG or do you, do you think that we'll be fine to border hop into Queensland for the final test against uh, at the Gabba? So at the time, if you're looking at, yes, flying to Sydney with all the, I suppose, the, the unknowns, the fact that cases are going up and it felt that public opinion was very much against bringing the cricket here because on the one hand you had the the government saying, you know, restrict your number of, you know, people, New Year's Eve, for example, to six. Um, but at the same time, you know, comes to the cricket where we might have 20,000 people per day. Of course, that number is now being reduced. But you now, as with COVID, situations do change quickly. And, you know, even having seen today that there was a case present 
um, at the MCG. Um, you know, numbers in Melbourne could have risen in that time. So, yeah, the, once the decision is made, you then just have to keep rolling with the moving situation as it evolves. So players are in Sydney. I I believe at this stage that the Brisbane Test match will go ahead as planned. I think it was a bit of a, sort of a media whip up by some carefully placed you know quotes from, from within the Indian camp. Uh, rather than really being something serious that's come from the BCCI to Cricket Australia about you know, not wanting to go to Brisbane. I'm sure the players don't want to go to Brisbane and live under stricter quarantine situations, but the fact of the matter is that, as things stand, that is what was agreed uh, when you know the move from Melbourne to Sydney was announced, that yes, players would be would get exemptions to travel into Brisbane and um, Cricket Australia, you know, will want to try and stick to their original schedule as much as possible. Yeah, we are used to the BCCI being a bit in control of the world and perhaps India isn't quite keen on playing at a ground where Australia hasn't lost the first Test match of the summer for 32 years, I think it yeah, is. Yes, so, that as well. <laughs> as you say, maybe carefully constructed. Now, briefly before we let you go, we've had a bit of discussion around Will Pukowski. Should he make his debut? We know David Warner is fit to or play through a bit of pain. Do you think it is the right call or it would be either way for Will Pukowski to make his debut? We had some interesting thoughts earlier from Mitchell Johnson. He said that he would not play Pukowski. I was keen to get your thoughts on that. I, I have a feeling that Australia will. Um, I feel, well, if, if he is medically fit to play and he's in the Australian squad to play test cricket, then what is the point of carrying him around the squad if he's not there in order to play? You know, he's been in around the players enough times and had these sort of false starts where it looked as if he'll play and then hasn't been able to. Um, at, at, at some point, he's got to go for it. Or or why have him in the squad? And part of it is almost an acceptance that you know I'm, I'm prone to being hit on the head. I'm not going to play cricket anymore. Well, he clearly wants to, and that's his path, and he's, He's, he's heading in that direction to play test cricket. So there, I guess, will, will always be. There's a chance with anybody batting, they might get struck on the head. Of course, we've seen with Cameron Green as a bowler, you can be struck on the head in mm. the follow-through. It's frightening. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's something that Pukowski himself has to be comfortable and at ease with and cr- trust his cricketing ability that he can handle the heat of a test match so only he and those closest to him can you know sit down and say to themselves yes of course there is there is a risk inherent with with playing cricket we know that can he take that on is he comfortable with taking that on and and that's really got to be a decision for for him and those people with the right expertise around him to make that judgment call and then he's available to the selectors and the talent that he is and the way that you hear all those who have played with him and, and even Tim Payne are really talking about, you know, how impressive that he's been by his, his cricketing skill, his character and his temperament that you feel they want to set him free in the test arena and see what he can do against the very best. Now or never, I think it seems for Will Pukowski, maybe not never, but now seems a very good chance to uh, blood the youngster. Alison, thank you so much for your time. A quick prediction for the Test match before we let you go. I think with David Warner back, Australia will bat better and bat longer, something Tim Payne has said quite obviously they need to do off the back of these first two Test matches because they have been beaten and and beaten well on the batting front by India. Of course, they had a, a crazy 
uh, one-off bowling performance in Adelaide to win them that match in extraordinary fashion. But I think Australia will come back stronger with the bats in this match and they can sneak ahead of India. Alison Mitchell there. Now, diving into the Big Bash world, we're looking at match 30 of 61 tonight when the Perth Scorchers host the Sydney Sixers at Optus Stadium. The Scorchers with their tails up after back-to-back wins playing on their hallowed turf, while the Sixers, well, they're the team to beat at the moment. They're on top of the ladder. A familiar face there for the Sixers, West Aussie Josh Phillippe behind the stumps. Another familiar face interstate. He's touching down this afternoon his home uh, Hobart Hurricane. Darcy Short, Mitch, they're just two of the most talented West Aussies who have escaped our Big Bash ranks. You could add in Marcus Stoinis to the stars, Nathan Coulton-Arle, Hilton Cartwright. There's a lot of them, and I know we don't like to focus on the negatives, but I want to ask you, who do you think the best Big Bash League player from WA is that got away to another franchise? Uh, yeah, it's it's always a difficult one. It's always a great opportunity for the guys as well, especially with T20 cricket, to get away and, and, and get some experience and get some games under their belt belts. Um, we've seen it with Tim David, actually. I, I feel like he, he's had a, a pretty um, good start to this, this big bash and um, it's just opportunities. But I think Josh has probably been one of the biggest ones that we've seen go. And, and I know at the time when he left that, there was a fair bit of disappointment around uh, Perth and they wanted him to play here. But for him, that was it was an opportunity for him to play. He was able to keep there. The, the Perth Scorchers had a couple of different keepers at the time. I mean, Josh Inglis we've spoken about as well in the past that you know, he, he can keep and he's, he's, a, he's a great bat up the top. And he's I think been even doing, when Philippi well. left, Inglis wasn't even able to get a game because you had Sam Whiteman with the gloves and course, then Cam exactly. Bancroft second in line. So, yeah, totally. I think at the time, Philippi was fourth in line. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, it's as hard as it is, you, you're missing out on a future Australian player playing at the, at the club. But I think for him, he made the right choice for his career. And it, and it should never any, be anything personal, uh, especially in this format of the game. It, it's it's about going to where you think you're going to get uh, that opportunity. Uh, he's learnt a lot as well. Uh, let's let's be honest. He's been out there. He's been playing every game. He's he almost got a, a hundred not too long ago. Um, he's keeping well. The more games he's pl- playing, the better it is for for WA cricket. Yeah. Uh, in the long term, because he comes back and he plays, um, and and he's he's got more experience, and that's what you want. So, yeah, he's probably been the the biggest loss. Um, Just on yeah. him before we uh, jump ships, we saw Sixers stand-in captain Daniel Hughes say after his latest Matin of the Batch performance the other night for Philippi that it'll be a matter of time until he's in Australian colours. He was selected in the extended 21-man squad to travel to England for that white ball series in September, but he didn't play a match. Do you think that this T20 series that is coming up in February against New Zealand Will Flip make his debut in that series? Yeah, I'd like to see him play, definitely. I think he's earned his stripes. He's it's he's been one of those guys that has been a little bit under the radar. He was and when I say that, there's been talk about him, especially early on, but I think he's just gone about it in the right way. Um, he's just playing cricket, he's enjoying it. The selectors know he's there, but he's he's just sort of 
yeah, ticking along and, and getting experience. And I think he's done it really well. So, um, yeah, I think he does definitely deserves a chance to, to play. And um, I'd like to see that. I think um, the, the style that he plays, he can sort of – he could play at the top or he could float through the middle. But uh, he's got – you know, he's got the skills, um, he's got the temperament at the moment. Like I said, he's getting experience, so why not? Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of West Aussies, I, this one doesn't really count. He's a Victorian, but we adopted him for a good <laughs> eight years. Michael Klinger, coach of the Renegades, beloved former Scorchers opener. He is. He's had a really tough a baptism of fire, I guess, in his coaching career. It's his second year at the helm of the Renegades, taking over from Andrew McDonald as he went to become Justin Langer's assistant. What do we do here? It's his last year of contract. Um, coming up, do they extend his contract? They had um, there was some comments the other day by the. CEO of Victorian Cricket saying it doesn't take an Einstein to figure out we're not batting well. So that's yeah. obviously trying to alleviate some of the pressure, a bit like Voges last week. If the batting lineup isn't performing, all of the heat can't be directed at the coach. I guess once the players cross the line to play, there is obviously some expectation on the players for them to deliver. So cutting Maxi a bit of slack there, his players haven't performed. And now obviously Sean Marsh is out for a few games for the birth of his third child. So they've had to turn to youth. What do you do if you're Michael Klinger? Well, I think you've pretty much said it all. I mean, give him a go. Like it's not, it's such a hard one because it is T20 cricket. Yes, they haven't performed. You've got to put, put it back on the players as well. I, I don't think, who as a coach has done a bad job. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not in that inner circle, but there's, there's not much being said about how he's done wrong through the coaching. If you, if you spoke to uh, Aaron Finch, you'd probably get more of more detail on it. But um, yeah, look, I remember Maxi as uh, he was my Australian under 19 captain. Um, so I've known Maxi for a long time. And even then, like as a captain, like he was, he was very good. Um, he's got a great temperament. Um, I think he knows he knows how to speak to his players. I think it's uh, they have got a lot of inexperience. Just looking, you know, when they miss, you know, Sean Marsh out of the team, and when Aaron Finch isn't firing, they haven't really got the experience as much as other teams do at the top. So. Yeah, it makes um, it hard, doesn't it? Last night, Aaron Finch getting a first ball duck. The rest of your lineup looks like Mackenzie Harvey, Sam Harper, Muhammad Nabi, obviously came in a bit higher up as a pinch hitter, Bo Webster. So that's not a very experienced or powerful batting lineup, is it? Yeah, it, it's not. And you look, yeah, you look at it on paper. Maybe they've played a, a few more games than I that I'm sort of trying to say. Like they sort of have a little bit of experience, but not quite as much when you look at other teams. So. Um, and you look at the way that Aaron Finch got out, down leg side, he's, he's had a couple of pretty sort of unlucky dismissals as well. One the other day gets the scorches, uh, hit straight back. Run, um, run yeah. yeah, run out. So it does have an effect on the team when you see your best players uh, out like that. Um, it, it definitely deflates. So that's where I think Maxi's experience as, as a past player um, as the coach now can can sort of pick up on those things and and say to the to the young guys the inexperienced guys that just because the the best players are out of the team uh, or, or have been you know out in the worst ways or most unluckiest ways 
it, that's where the young players can step up. That's where their their um, what do you call it? like their their enthusiasm can come into it. They really got to be bubbling. Yeah. Um, you don't yeah don't drop your heads. Don't just go out there play a natural game. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's such such a tough call on the coach, uh, especially in this game. I think it's it's such a hit and miss sort of format. Yeah. Um, like we've we've sort of talked about a lot. There has to be some luck involved in the game. You have to put some responsibility on the coach, yes, but there's a lot of responsibility that comes in the players because in the end it's their careers as well. It's them playing. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe the balance of the team just isn't right. Um, who knows? Yeah, it's a tough one. And as we were saying last week with Adam Voges, just because the batting lineup isn't performing, it doesn't probably call for questions around the structure you have set up within of the change rooms. So that's a tough well, yeah, one exactly. for Michael Klinger. Uh, yeah, exactly. There was talk of Adam Voges, oh, should he be the coach? Like, should he get sacked? <laughs> Basically, like, there's, mm. you know, you hear those little murmurs just because you have a couple of, you know, five games at the start of the, the season, um, you're losing. But it's, it's quite funny because I remember playing for the Mumbai Indians and we lost, this is a few years ago now, and, and it was in South Africa we started the tournament. We lost the first five games of that tournament and we ended up winning the tournament. Um, so, I mean, look, the, the Scorchers are, are doing that at the moment. They've won the last two games. They're, they're back at home now. They've got a bit of confidence. Um, so, look, it's just the nature of the game. They say a week's a long time in footy and that couldn't have been more true for cricket for the Scorchers last week. Obviously, yep. those four losses and then the washed-out game against the Stars, they were yet to register a win, that terrible 71-run loss to the Strikers, then two big wins, a 96-run win over the Renegades here on Sunday and three more home games to come. Now everybody's talking about them qualifying for finals and maybe going all the way. It's funny how, how long a week it can be. Yeah. Exactly. Sort That's just the nature, like I said, it's just the nature of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Now, time to make the most of your Pick 11 team with our Tab Touch Locks of the Week. We've had Marcus Stoinis return to form, that stunning 97 not out against the Hurricanes the other night. And last night, Wes Agar, he climbed to the top of the Golden Arm tally with a th- another three-wicket haul over the Renegades. They have impressed me quite a bit. Stoinis, probably a bit of a lean start to the tournament by his lofty standards. Uh, a 0, a 61, a 27, but we're sort of used to him putting 80 on the board each match, so yeah, good to see yeah. him return to form. But uh, has anyone impressed you this week? Uh, I mean, there's been a few things, few players going on. There's been some great fielding, some great bowling performances, some great hitting, um, Think yeah, great all-around stuff. saying I earlier, like, Jack Prestwich impressed you? I, I, yeah, I like what he's been doing. Um, I think he's been very good. Um, he's bringing something into the bowling, a bit of aggression, uh, bit of competition. He's enjoying himself. He was so awfully like stiff, doing. wasn't he, at Optus Stadium. He had Inglis caught on the boundary on 58, I think it was at the time, and um, the foot was on the rope. Um, Peter has the glue, however you pronounce that. Um, so then that, he was not out, six runs. That partnership goes on to be 117 runs, and that's a wicket that he should have taken. And then Muhammad Nami in his last over just misfields a four at mid-on and um, an easy dot, and it goes for 
before. So Preswich, his figures the other night, they they could have looked a lot better than they were. Oh, definitely. And he batted yeah. well as well. So he's probably yeah. one to keep an eye on because he hasn't, I think he's only played a handful of games, maybe two games for the Gades this season. So he's maybe yep. maybe their saviour. Yeah, another guy taking an opportunity as well, playing uh, somewhere else, um, not in his home state. So good on him. Um, he's having a real good crack and... It uh, looks like he enjoys, enjoys himself. So, um, yeah, he's definitely one guy to look at. Um, I've been oh, – Chris Green's been bowling well. I've sort of enjoyed – he's always there and thereabouts, I feel. Um, so he's, a, a you know, a good off-spinner to watch. Um, and Tim Tim David as well. Like I, I did mention him just before, but um, I've been super impressed with him. Um, seeing him at uh, WA and sort of being around the group and he's a – you know, pretty nice guy, pretty quiet. Um, so it's nice to see him have an opportunity and, and he's had that focus on T20 cricket. He just looks like he's having a bit of fun with it. Yeah, and I think the what we are saying before about consistent game time, eight matches this season for 191 runs at an average of 38 boosted a little bit by three not outs, but he's been able yeah. to, he's striking at nearly 160, uh, top score of 58. He's just been able to come in late and play with a lot of freedom and really finish that um, power hitting role, which is what the Scorchers were longing for from him, but he couldn't quite deliver it. But sometimes it's just a change of scenery. We've seen that as well yeah. for Hilton Cartwright going over to the Melbourne Stars. Sometimes you do need a change of scene to get more out of yourself. Yeah, I, I believe so as well. I think that's, He's played his role and he's he's done a done a good job, um, just like you say, like with Hilton. Um, it's it's an opportunity again, and it also it helps them when they do um, go to different states. You're getting some different ideas as well, and then you come back to you know your your, your state cricket and and you're able to use those ideas and pass them on. So it's just healthy for cricket to be able to play this T20 tournament, moving around a bit more. Um, I still, yeah, I still see a lot of people and uh, fans out there like they like their teams and people to stay in certain places. But um, I think you, if you look at the big picture, it's it's a great opportunity for guys to move around um, and get some experience and uh, get the game, make it healthy and and get better with performances. Rub shoulders with as many different cricket brains as you can. Can never hurt, Definitely. really. Now, your Definitely. prediction for the SCG this week, that'll cover our curious element of the podcast because we've run out of time today to do any questions. So just before I let you go, who do you think will come away with the chocolates after this third test <laughs> at the SCG? Um, well, I think I got the last one right, didn't I? I think you did. Yep. Yeah, I said MCG was it was it was looking like it could be an Indian win. Yep. No, I their didn't conditions. didn't hope. Yeah, I didn't I wasn't hoping in that sort of way, but But it's good uh, for the series rather than it being 2-0, isn't it? Now there is so much on the line. We know that um, India currently hold the Border Gavaskar trophy from their win here a few years ago, so I'm assuming the fire in the belly is stronger than ever for the Australians. Yeah. Definitely. I think the Australians will win this test. Uh, there's, there'll be a few changes for the Indians. Uh, so I, I feel like maybe this is the time the Australians, you know, to really step it up and, um, yeah, they'll, they'll win this one. I hope so. You were right last time. So let's see. We'll, we'll touch base next week and see if you've got it again. Now, do you have a peach to leave us on? Any That is a, a bit of a peach, I guess, your prediction of the result. But anything else or quirks from the week or things that have irked you that you would like to leave us on? 
what's Irk? Oh, there's heaps that irk me. Always is. Angry, fast bowler. I think one thing is all this talk about India not wanting to go to Brisbane has really annoyed me. Um, and that's typical of what India like to do. They like to try and distract and try and, I guess, control everything. So it has to be in, well, I think it still has to be in Brisbane, but I guess the with everything going on, that they have to make sure they make the right decision, the, the cricket boards uh, and the governments, uh, with all the health, advi- health advice that comes, comes with it. So, but it um, should come down to health advice, not India having the preference of not having exactly. to play at the ground where India, uh, Australia yep. hasn't lost for over 30 years. Yes, agreed. It's a bit coincidental That's, after they obviously avoided opening the summer there last time that because they didn't want to play there. Yes. I think your little brother, Nathan Lyon, came out and said, just get on with it, get over it, stop your complaining, we need to get the show on the road, do what you're told. So I'm sure you probably agree there. Exactly. I mean, they're they're still playing cricket. They they have that opportunity. They're playing for their country. Look, there's there's people around the world that are suffering, so just get on with it. Yeah, exactly, as we touched on before with... Alison Mitchell, another lockdown for the UK and it looks mm. like they're not leaving their homes now for at least six or seven weeks. So maybe we're just yep. fortunate that we've got cricket happening and alive and we should make the most of what we got. Yes, right. 100%. Uh, on that note, thank you so much for joining us, Mitch. We've been brought to you by Tab Touch today. Make the most of summer. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1800 858 858. Mitch, we will chat to you next week. See you later. Enjoy. You've been listening to The Fast and The Curious with Mitchell Johnson and Bonnie Rayner. Subscribe for weekly pods over the summer of cricket and remember to send in your questions to Mitch before the next episode. Listener.